moving in this place this morning. Go ahead, you ought to give him praise. I tell you, if you're here this morning and you don't yet know he's moving, there must be something wrong with you. So, uh, But we're, we're just so glad for the presence of God that we feel in this place, for his moving in the way he, that he is. What a wonderful and blessed thing that is to know that God is moving in the midst of his people. I'm going to ask a couple of our elders to come. Uh, Brother JB, how about you come up and help if you will. Uh, we, we're going to very quickly before I get into the message, we're going to recognize those that have read their Bible through this past year. We have several that have done that. When I call your name, I'd like for you to just stand and the brethren will come and give you the certificate that we have for you. And then just remain standing until we recognize everyone. The first one that's here is Gina Clark. Gina, where are you? Are you here this morning? Uh, stand if you are. Gina Clark, is she here? All right, I don't believe she's here this morning. So we'll leave that one. Lena Ellington. Lena, you here? All right. Get that back to Sister Lena. Sandra Harris. Sandra Harris. Back over here. Jackie Jackson, Jackie Jackson, Jackie's all right, back over here. All right. And then Jean Joyce, Jean, you here? All right, Jean Joyce is here. All right, Scott Landreth, Scott. Come over here. Brother Freddie, give us an extra hand here to get these given out. All right. Fonda Lemons. Back over here. Tammy Moore. Josephine Smith. She's not here today. All right, she's not here today, I think. Mike Simpson. Mike is up there, in the, up there in the balcony. Somebody get that to him. Frankie Williams. And then Zeb Williams. He's headed to the sky up there. <laughs> all right. Let's give all of these a great big hand. All right. Thank you. You may be seated. Let me encourage everybody this year. How about next year we have to give out about 50 of these things? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, get into this book, folks. How many of you know this is the way to heaven? This is the way to eternal life. This is the way to peace. This is the way to what you're looking for, to the things you need. You can find it in this book somewhere. I want to encourage you this year to read your Bible. Get your Bible down. It doesn't take a lot to do it, to read it through in about three chapters a day, something like that. Uh, you just sit down and do it. I promise you, the Lord will honor you for it. You will not regret doing it. If you do it, the Lord will speak to you. It's his word. How many of you know it's God's word to us? It's God's way of speaking to us. Let me just encourage you to take the time this year to read your Bible through. Please make an effort to do that if you will. I know the Lord will bless you accordingly. 
I want you to stand with me, if you will, for the reading of God's word this morning. Stand one more time, if you will, for the reading of his word. While you're doing that, let me say, join Brother Zeb and others that telling you that it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. This is a great Sunday morning crowd. Look around you folks. This, this is a good looking crowd in this place this morning. Thank you so much for being here in the house of God. How about doing this every Sunday? And bring somebody with you next Sunday. If you are here next Sunday and you bring somebody with you, we might have trouble seating everybody. Uh, but that'd be a perfectly all right, wouldn't it? That'd be perfectly all right. I want you to do that. Folks, it's time we fill this auditorium again every Sunday. It's time we do that again. And the Lord will help us do it if you'll make your efforts to be here every Sunday. I want you just to purpose in your heart this morning that the Lord helping me. I'm going to be in the house of God on Sunday morning. I'm going to be where I belong. It's just an honor to see you here, honor to have you here. Those that are even watching by live stream, we're glad that you're joining us and trust that the Lord will just speak to all of us in a very, very special way. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3. The book of Philippians chapter 3, and I'm going to read three verses in your hearing this morning. I think they're probably very familiar verses, but I want us to pay close attention to them today. I believe the Lord wants to use them to speak to all of us. Philippians chapter 3, and I begin reading with verse 12. Not as though I had already attained. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, it's not that I have already attained, either am already perfect, but I follow after that if that I may obtain or apprehend that which also I am apprehended by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. How many of you need to forget some things that are behind this morning? How many of you know sometimes that's just what you need to do? Listen, if the apostle Paul needed to do it, I can assure you most of us in here need to do it. And listen to what he said. I'm gonna forget the things that are behind me and I'm going to reach forth unto those things which are before. Instead of spending your time this year letting the devil beat you up over the past, why don't you just forget the things that are behind and reach forth unto the things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to talk to you for a little while this morning on this subject. I want us to talk about pressing toward the mark. Pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is out there in front of every one of us. Father, we thank you for your wonderful spirit and presence that is in this place this morning. We recognize that you're walking up and down the aisles of this congregation 
speaking to hearts, touching lives. And Lord, I pray that in these next few minutes, as your word goes forth, that you will just make your word alive. Lord, let it just come alive to us and let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church collectively and what the church would say to each of us individually this morning. Father, I pray that you'll direct everything that's done in this service now. Let your word just go forth with an anointing and a power that will make a difference in the lives of every person here. Anoint your servant, Lord, touch these frail lips of clay and grant to me the ability to do what I cannot do in and of myself. Give me that anointing that makes preaching easy, that makes it powerful, that makes it effective. I pray in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of the exciting things about a new year that we're about to enter into One of the exciting things about that is the opportunity that we have to stop and take account of our life. You know that as we move into this year, maybe we can just all do it right here in the sanctuary this morning. We need to just stop sometime and take account of our life. The new year is a time for us to pull aside and take a look at ourselves. Take a look at our relationship to others and take a look at our relationship to God. What if you were to really do those three things in earnest? Take a look at yourself. Just take a look at yourself. Just just get alone. Get in front of a mirror if you think that would help. And just take a look at yourself. And then it's an opportunity to take a look at our relationship to others. What about your relationship to your wife, your husband, your children, your family, your church family? And then to take a look at our relationship to God. What is your relationship to him as you move into this year? Where do you really stand with God? What is the fellowship that you really have with him? This is a wonderful time at the first of the year to stop and take a look at these three things. It's a good time to also determine what we need to do to become the people and become the church that he'd like for us to be. Look around you, this congregation this morning. Look at this beautiful sanctuary. Well, what do you think God would like to do this year with all of us and with this place that we're gathered in this morning? What do you think if we would just let him, if we'd just get in step with him, what do you think God would like to do this year? (laughs) What do you think he would like to do this year through us And through this church, what do you think God just might like to accomplish this year? As we begin to do something like what I'm talking about, 
As we begin to look at ourselves and others and God and, and, and what he would like to do, as we begin to do that, the words of the Apostle Paul automatically come to my mind. Paul here in these words that I've read to you, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. As he comes to chapter 3, we find him reflecting on some of the past, but we also see him turning his eyes toward the future. And as Paul does that, there are three important ideas that come to his mind. And they're ideas that I believe we would do well to explore and reflect on a few minutes this morning and in the days to come. I want you to notice first of all here that Paul finds a sense of divine discontentment. He finds a sense of divine discontentment. As Paul looks back across the past, he finds much about which he could boast. If Paul looks at his history as he comes to this place, and he finds himself discontented and a spirit of discontentment, you almost wonder why. Paul, with everything you've done, with everything God's used you to accomplish, what would you find discontentment over? Why, why would you find a spirit of discontentment with everything you've done? Paul has accomplished for the cause of Christ more than any other man alive at this time except for Jesus himself. He's accomplished more than any other person. He had evangelized Arabia, Cilicia, the islands of Cyprus, and Tarsus. He has formulated the essence of New Testament doctrine. He has founded churches in Galatia, Derby, Iconium, Lystra, Antioch. He's pioneered works all over Europe. He has influenced scores of young men to follow his example. He has performed miracles, cast out demons, and suffered great hardship. That one man has done all of those things that I've just mentioned. My Lord, he's, he's, he's done all of that. There's, there's no man alive that's done more for the kingdom at this time than the Apostle Paul. And yet, he declares, I have not yet apprehended what God's really called me to do. I, I just, I can't hardly fathom that. Everything the Apostle Paul has done. And yet as he examines himself, he says, I've not yet apprehended. <laughs> I've not yet done everything I can do. I've not yet done everything I could do. I've not yet accomplished everything I need to. Not yet. I've not yet apprehended. Have you apprehended? Everything God's got for you to do? I doubt it. And I'm talking to myself now as much as I am to you. 
The apostle Paul has done all of these things and yet he finds himself with a discontentment. He says, I've not yet apprehended. Deep down inside of him, there is a divine discontentment. In other words, he was not satisfied with who he was and he wasn't satisfied with where he was. He was not satisfied. That's what he's saying here. I'm not satisfied with who I am. I need to be more. I need to be better. And he's not satisfied with all that he's done, with where he was. I want to ask you a question on this Sunday morning, this second Sunday of the new year. I want to ask you a question. Are you possessed with this same kind of spirit that Paul is? Are you possessed with this same kind of spirit? Is there something inside of you this morning, if you examine yourself, you examine everything, is there something inside of you this morning that says there is more? There's more that I can do. There's more than I, that, that I need to get into. There's more that I need to get a hold of. There's more. There's more. Look at your neighbor and say there's more. There's more. Do you feel that this morning? Do you feel that? Thank God for everything you're doing. Thank God for who every one of you are. Thank God. But is there more? I want you to think about that. The Apostle Paul, that, that, that list I just read of everything that he has done, everything that he had accomplished, and yet Paul says there's more. There's more. I, I've got a. I, I can't be content yet. There's more. Do you hear yourself saying there's more? Do you feel I can't stop now? I can't stop now. There's something that's driving me to be more. There's something that's driving me to do more. Can I tell you this morning? But I believe one of the greatest problems that the church faces today is our, our tendency to become complacent and to become satisfied. I really believe that one of the greatest problems we face as a church, and I've been at this now since for a long, long time. I preached my first sermon when I was 16 years old. I ain't telling you how old I am now. Most of you know. But I've been at this a long, long time. And one of the greatest problems that I've seen across the years as, as we deal with churches and people and as I served as the leader of our conference for several years, as I worked in Oklahoma City at our general headquarters for several years, one of the things that I've found that is our biggest problem is that we tend to become complacent and we tend to become satisfied. We, we, we just get satisfied. We get comfortable with who we are and where we are. And if you're not careful, we're just drifting along. I mean, my daddy years ago, pastor in the church, I ain't gonna tell you where. She might still be alive. But there was a woman in that church, she'd get up and testify. 
And when she kind of got down near the end, she'd say, oh, Brother Marley, she'd say, I'm just floating along on flowery beds of ease. Daddy said you could always tell when somebody knocked her off her bed. <laughs> you needn't laugh. Some of you the same way. But you know where our biggest problem lies sometimes? We're just floating along. Let me ask you an honest question this morning. When it comes to your relationship to him and to others and to the church and to the work of the kingdom, you just floating along. Well, I'll be there Sunday if I can get there. You can get there, honey. Just get up and come. <laughs> I'm getting some funny looks, but this is good preaching. This is a good time of the year, folks, for us to just stop and look at ourselves and look at others that we, that we deal with, that we live with, that we need to have. It's a good time. That's what Paul did. I want to ask you a question. As you do what I'm suggesting, how long has it been since you felt a divine discontentment? How long has it been since you just realized I, I, I'm doing some good things, but I'm not doing enough? I, I, I'm following the Lord, but I'm not close enough. I, I, you know, how long has it been since you felt some divine discontentment? How long has it been since you really wept for the lost around you? How long has it been since you were so interested in lost people that you literally sat down and cried over them? How long has it been since you felt that? Got that discontent continued with where you are? Said we got to do more to reach. We, 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 we got to do more. We, how long has it been since you wept over the loss? How long has it been since you really longed for revival? How long has it been? You know what my prayer this morning is? My prayer is that God will fill this place and fill every one of us with a divine discontentment that we'll just get discontented and say there's more. we got to do more. There's more to be done. There's more to accomplish. There's more that we can do in the name of God, in the name of our Lord and Savior. How many of you know he'll give you the power, he'll give you the strength, he'll give you the glory to do whatever you need to do? He'll give it to you. Paul found himself, in spite of all he had ever done, in spite of who he was, he found himself with a divine discontentment. Number two, I got to get on. He sensed a divine direction. He not only sensed a divine discontentment, but he sensed a divine direction. He says, therefore, I reach forth to the things that are before and I press toward the mark. I'm reaching forth to the things that are before and I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing toward what he wants me to be. I'm pressing toward everything he wants me to do. I am pressing toward the mark and I'm reaching out to the things that are before. In other words, Paul was not about to live in the past. 
He wasn't going to live in the past. He wasn't going to be content with where he was. Now that's something. I mean, again, when you stop to think about Paul, this man had touched two continents for Christ. He had touched two continents. And yet he's saying, but what about the other continents? See, sometimes we get so so content and so happy with who we are and where we are, but what about this? What about uh, that neighbor? What what about that person next to you? What, What about... Paul has done, Paul has touched two continents and yet he's worried about other, but but what about the other continents I haven't touched yet? He's planted dozens of churches and yet he's concerned about the churches that haven't been planted yet. He's touched dozens of churches. He's done all of that and yet he's saying the task is not finished. Can I tell you this morning for SPHC, our task is not finished. Do you understand that? Our task is not finished. You say, but Brother Marty, we're a pretty good church. Look around. Oh, I know all that. You don't know how happy I am this morning seeing all of you here. But what about what's out there that we yet need to do? Well, what about those that yet ought to be here? What about all of that? that? That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying the task is unfinished. He knew where he was headed. He knew what he had to do. Listen, he said, this one thing I do, this one thing I do, I'm pressing forward for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. I want to ask you a question on this Sunday morning. Do you know where you're headed? Do you know where you're headed? Paul said this one thing I do. He's got his his eye on the mark. He knows what he's got. He says, and I am pressing toward the mark. I'm going to get there. How many of you know where you need to be going this morning. How many of you know what God wants you to accomplish? How many of you know what God wants you to do? How many of you have have had God birthing you something that you can accomplish, that you can do, that you ought to be involved in in this church? I, I, I look out across this congregation and I wonder, what in this world could happen if every person in this church got involved with something in this church and something in the kingdom? What do you think would be happening around here in the next six months? What do you think could be happening? Paul, this is what Paul was doing. He's done all of this and yet he says, this one thing I do. As an individual, what is it that you need to do to move to the next level? Okay, you're here in God. You're here in Christ. I look around at so many wonderful people here, and I know all of you, you're, you're, here, you're, you're here. But what if you got up here? What if you got up here? What if spiritually you got up here? 
What, what, what if involvement in the kingdom you got up here? What, what if you took the next step to the next level? What, what if you did that? Do you know where you're headed? Do you know what the next level is for you? For instance, do you hear, maybe you're here and you're saved. Do you need to be sanctified? You ever been sanctified? Have you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you being obedient to everything he's called you to be? So often we just wander around aimlessly. So often we, we seem to have no real sense of purpose and destiny. Well, what's your purpose? What's your destiny as you move into this new year? I read, heard the story some time ago of a grandma. She was in her 90s. Now watch this, she's in her 90s, but at the first of the year, she sat down and wrote out her goals for the next 10 years. I wish I could meet her, I'd love to just hug her neck. She's in her 90s, and she sits down at the first of the year and doesn't write out just her goals for, the, for that year. She she writes out her goals for the next 10 years. What are you going to do for the next? I'll just let you off with, the next, with this year. <laughs> I'll let you off for the rest of this year. If you want to write past that, that's, that's fine. I'll let you do it. But what have you written down in your mind for this year? What would, you, what would it be like? If by the end of this year, every one of us in here could be sitting around close by or look across the church and every one of us could be sitting around two people that we've won to Christ and brought into the kingdom, brought into this church. What would it be? That's what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He says, how many had he already won to Christ? And yet he said, but there's more. This one thing I yet to, I, 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 I've got yet more to do. I've got more that I have to do. I've got more that I have to do. Do you have, do we have as a church that sense of direction that we ought to have? Do we have that sense of direction in our own personal lives? What is it God wants you to do this year? What, what, what do you feel rising up in you that, that you'd like to do, that you'd like to accomplish? Do we have that this morning? If not, we certainly need to sense that divine direction. And so the Apostle Paul is filled with a divine discontentment and he's filled with a sense of divine direction. The third thing and the last thing is that he understood his destination. He understood his destination, where he had to go. As, as, he, as he dealt with this discontentment, as he looked in the direction that he needed to go, all of a sudden, he understood his destination. Listen to what he says. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. As I look at everything like I've just described, he said, you know what it brings me to? He says, I understand. I've got to press 
toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. You understand God's got a call on your life? You understand he's got a call on your life? And Paul says, I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that he's got on my life. What are you pressing toward this morning? What are you pressing for this morning? What do you do? He understood, watch this, he understood that God had a purpose and a plan for him and there was something he yet needed to do. You know what it was? If you read on through Paul's writings, he had to yet take the gospel to the Gentile world. He had to take the gospel to the Gentile world. I want to ask you this morning, do you know your destination? What is it God has called you to do? What is it God's called you to do in this church, in his kingdom, in the field that he's given you to labor in, which is your church, your, your place? What, what is your sign? What, what is your destination? What, what is your destination? Can I tell you one thing that it's not? Your destination is not to warm a pew. Well, I'm glad six of you agree with that. Your destination is not to just warm a pew. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm glad you're here. Honey, keep warming that pew till it's hot. But that's not your final destination. Your destination is not just to come here on Sunday morning. Now, you need to be here. We, 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 the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Do you understand? If you don't get here, if you're not here, unless you're hindered by something legitimate, more than just you're sleepy. Amen. But do you understand if you're not here, you're disobeying the word of God? He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We need to be here. But, but just being here is not enough. What is the thing he's called us to do? What is, the, what is our destination? What is it he's called you to do after you get up off the pew, walk out the door? After we go through those doors this morning, what's he called you to do? What are you going to be doing this week? That's what Paul is saying to us. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing, there's the mark. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I want to get there. I want to do what he wants me to do and be what he wants me to be. Are you doing that this morning? Are you going to do that in this new year? How many of you know he has called you how many of you know he has called you? He's placed you in his body to function in some capacity. Do you understand you're a member of the body of Christ? That means you're, you're one of the members of his body. And do you understand he's placed you in this body? To, do you know every part of your body has something to do? 
You ever lost a part of your body? What if you lost both your thumbs? What, what would that mean? How are you going to grab a hold of that thing you grab a hold of? That thumb ain't there. What happens when the, when the body does not do what it's supposed to do? What happens when the body of Christ, He's gifted us, He's placed us in this body to function in some way. He's called you to bring forth fruit. We're in the body to be fruitful. I want to ask you a question and I'm through. What would happen around here the next 12 months? If everybody in this building discovered their destination like Paul did. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. What would happen around here over the next 12 months if every one of us found that and pressed towards it and pushed towards it and moved towards it and reached out towards it in every way that we could? soon be happening around this place. I want to ask you, and I'm through, where are we headed? Where are you headed? Where are you headed? What are you going to do? Listen to this. What are you going to do for him over the next 12 months? What are you going to do for his kingdom? His kingdom on this earth right now is the church. So what are you going to do for the kingdom, for the church? What are you going to do over the next 12 months? What are you going to do for the kingdom of God represented now on this earth by His church? He said, I'm going to build my church. <laughs> well, glory. I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. What are you going to do? And then let me, let me enlarge my question. What are we as a congregation going to do? Not just individuals, but collectively. What are we going to do? with a divine discontentment. He wasn't content with where he was. My prayer is that as we leave here today, nobody in this place will be content with where they are when it comes to their relationship to God, their relationship to his kingdom. My prayer is he'll fill all of us with a holy discontentment. Lord, don't let us be content with where we are, spiritually. I'm speaking spiritually. Paul found himself with a divine direction. He said, this one thing I'm going to do. What are you going to do this year for the kingdom? Then he understood.
understood his destiny. He said, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. I know how I'm going to get there. I pray that for every one of you today. That God will fill you with a sense of direction. A little bit of discontentment that will just make you want to do more. Do more. Do more for his kingdom. Do more for him. After what he's done for you. After what he's done for me. Let's do more for him. <laughs> Let's do more for him. heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. I wonder how many in here this morning that say, Brother Marley, I want to do more for him. I want to do more for him this year. You just raise your hand toward him way up high. Just let him see your hand way up high. Go ahead, raise it, raise it up. I want to do more for him. I want to do more for him. I want to do more for the work of his kingdom which represents the church. Raise your other hand. I want to do for the church, for his church. I want to do for him. I want to do for his church more than I've ever done. I want to do it. Father, you see our hands that are uplifted toward you. You see our hands. You know our hearts. Father, I just pray that somehow this morning you will fill every person in this congregation with this divine discontentment like the Apostle Paul had. That you'll fill us with a desire to do more, to be more, to press toward the mark. I want to press toward the mark. <laughs> I want to be everything that he wants me to be. And I want to do everything that he wants me to do. I want to be everything he wants me to be. Do everything that he wants me to do.
God bless you and keep you this week. I trust you'll have a great week. Please, you heard Brother Zeb earlier, please be back here on Wednesday night. You need to hear what we're talking about. God bless you and keep you as you go. May the Lord make his face to shine.